0: Everyone, welcome into another Friday edition of Top of the Key. I am Stefan. Hey, I'm Justin. And Justin Eckerbart. We're back uh, a couple <laughs> weeks in a row now. Here, Justin so, still doesn't have a phone though. I don't, and my nose won't tap running. Oh man, you're I just sound pretty nasally. <laughs> you're having all kinds of problems <laughs> right now. We'll have to like auto tune you or something somehow. We'll oh, that sounds alright. Yeah, we can turn you into like the new T Pain or something. Okay. Sports Talk Radio. You could use a new T Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is uh, Top of the Key, everyone. You listen to River West Radio 104.1 FM, Milwaukee. Uh, find our iTunes page. It has all of our archived uh, podcasts and shows. Every last one of them. It's got them all. They're all there. We got a, a little bit of everything to talk about again in each sport. Uh, got another big MLB free agent signing. Got a couple things going on in the NFL. A couple things a- going on in the NBA. A couple things going on with the Milwaukee Bucks that we can talk about. Uh, and they're playing the Lakers tonight, aren't they? Yeah, yeah right right now. Game. Yeah. I don't we'll know what the them. score is. let the double check. It's 21 to 21
1: right now. Oh, so it just started pretty recently. Lakers are pretty bad, so that should be an easy one. Are,
0: are we we should debate if they're going to make the playoffs later, I think that's No, that they're be, not going to uh, make it. That might be a good a good little <laughs> segment there. I mean I think we both thought they were going to make the playoffs. Obviously, LeBron. I mean, see I also him thought at the eighth seed at the end of the year. Yeah, I also thought the Pelicans might make it, just because like with Anthony Davis. But they're not playing him, so it's a little different story. Uh, but um, the West has been, I would say, not quite as powerful as we thought, but still really competitive. the The top is kind of thin, I guess. I mean, no one really saw Denver being quite as good as they have been. Uh, but I don't think that they're necessarily like a dominant playoff team either.
1: Utah finally turned it on
0: a little bit. Yeah, the last couple weeks they've been playing much better. Tom and Mitchell has certainly been. He's averaging like twenty seven a game or something. Yeah, oh, he's killing Or, it. He's or he killing was. Now it. oh, it's March. <laughs> yeah, it is March, so we have to see uh, how that's gonna gonna work out the rest of the year. All right, uh, should we start in baseball this week? Yeah, all right. So last week yeah, we talked. Right. <laughs> last <laughs> week we talked about the San Diego Padres signing Manny Machado to the ten year three hundred million dollar deal. He had an opt-out after year five. And apparently Scott Boris and Bryce Harper's goal was to eclipse the $325 million deal that Giancarlo Stanton signed with the Miami Marlins a few years back. So, in an interesting twist, Bryce Harper did not sign a 10-year deal worth $300 plus million. He signed a 13 million or 13-year deal, excuse me, for 330 million million dollars no opt-outs no he requested not to have an opt-out yeah no trade clause he wanted the security he's a left-handed power hitter um the philly park is a great spot for him to be to get his numbers and to be a great power hitter in that ballpark however I don't really understand taking more years at a lower rate. It, the Reportedly, he's going to get, I think, $30 million the first year. He's going to get a $20 million signing bonus, and then it goes to $26 million for several years. And then the last three years, I believe, are $22 million. So it de-escalates. So later in his career, he'll be paid less uh, when he ends up. He's 26 now, I believe. So in years you know, 37, 38, 39, <laughs> he'll be getting $22 million. There's also you some. Do you think there's talk. any chance he's still playing by then? Well, there's talk right now that it, in um, the National League that they're going to move the DH over to the National League. So it's possible a guy like Bryce Harper could just be DHing at an age like that and not playing the outfield anymore or playing first base, I guess he would have to sometimes. Yeah, first is easy to play. I just don't understand taking less. I mean, he had the 10 year, $300 million deal on the table from the Nationals. I mean, I guess maybe you don't think in those last three years from thirty six to thirty nine you can make thirty million dollars, uh, but I still think taking um, less per year was sort of a weird, weird way for this to go. Taking a, such a long term deal and taking less per year to just, just so he could eclipse the three twenty five, but the three twenty five, I think. Again, with John Carlo's deal, was over 10 years. So, yeah, you beat his number, but you had to add three additional years to make up an extra $5 million. I think that is sort of a win for Philly in terms of paying him less, and it reportedly is going to keep their payroll pretty low. They're under the tax this season. They'll be under the tax this season with their payroll, and it'll apparently they still want to possibly grab Mike Trout in a couple years when he hits free agency, so it'll allow them to keep that possibility open.
1: Yeah, what kind of what kind of deal do you think Trout's going to get if this is what Harper got? I mean, Trout's far and away a better player. Oh, he's the best player in baseball, no problem.
0: 400?
1: Yeah, I could see 400 for A sure. 10-year, $400 million deal? Only 10 years? Maybe give him like a 12? 15-year, $500 million contract? <laughs> something crazy like that?
0: I don't know. I mean, the, the guys in baseball, I mean, even though baseball players can play until they're uh, pretty up there pretty in their 30s, yeah. uh-huh. I still think, you know, Guys in baseball hit free agency pretty late at the 26, 27, 28. And so giving them these 10, 15-year deals is kind of absurd. And I think the big name guys just want that because they want that long-term security. I still think, though, I mean, you don't think Bryce Harper could have maybe had like a 10-year... I mean, it was reported that the Dodgers had offered a four-year, $180 million deal, which would mean that he would have made 45 million dollars a year for 4 years and then he would have had about 150 million to make up but he would have only been 30 so if he signed another say 6 or 7 year deal are we sure he wouldn't get another you know 150 200 million dollars i think that money would be there either way especially if he's still playing well uh, but to me also you i want mean the guaranteed money i mean i understand you know you want the 300 million and everything but also if you're going to go over the 4 years and make the 180, I mean even if you never played again, you blew out your knee or whatever and had to end your career at 30, you would have walked away with 180 plus million dollars. Probably more than that too cuz in LA, that's a big market, you get some Oh, yeah, I mean I'm just talking about in s- baseball salary. I'm yeah, sure yeah. He, with endorsements and everything, he'd be pushing 200, 250 million dollars a year. Uh but I just I mean and then you get another bite at the apple you could have a chance to maybe change teams if you didn't like where you were at I mean with him being in Philly now he can't go anywhere he has a no trade clause I mean he's a 13 year deal he wants to stay there I mean that's going to no be his out. whole
1: career right there that's it
0: I guess we'll see I mean Philly played okay last year they're only uh I think they were 80 and 82 so they were just around 500 played really like poopy the last month or two of the season you did your your baseball research i just i remember them being in the nl east uh playoff race and then they just kind of yeah they just uh, took a nosedive in the last part of the season and um did not make the playoffs yeah exactly and they needed i guess you know some more bad i mean it's a pretty big market philly with the sixers are hot right now Villanova. Um, Villanova is, year. yeah, pretty hot. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl. So, Philly's facing a, maybe a little bit of a renaissance in sports right now. And if the Phillies can be good and maybe win another World Series, uh, that town will be, you know, really important. And not that it isn't already, but really important in the sports world. What do you think about, I mean, from the Phillies' perspective, would you have rather seen him with the Dodgers? Like, what do you think about, I mean, the Dodgers have been to, what, the last two World Series and signing, you know, Bryce Harper, I mean, I mean not that that would guarantee them going, but they'd have another really good shot to go. And that's definitely a team that has a and we don't even know if Philly will. I mean, they'll be better obviously this year, but are we sure they're going to be like a dominant team and maybe I mean, it's possible they might not even make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, like Mike Trout never is never going to make the playoffs and he's the best player
0: in baseball. It's weird. It goes to show you that one player in baseball can only do so much.
1: Yeah, that's true. Especially well, one batter. I guess you can. You might be able to ride a starting pitcher all the way to the postseason. But, but
0: even with a starting pitcher, they only pitch every five games every five or days, so. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. most of the time. I mean, five days. Yeah. Sometimes. Guys so, I mean, like what Berliner you get, will go and one every four. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they'll get twenty wins in a season. They'll play, you know, what thirty start have what between thirty and forty times in a season if they're fully healthy. That's only one fourth of the season that they're actually yeah, playing. They're still
1: more valuable than any position player, though.
0: But that also is such a risky position to p- to pay, just because of guys' arms being so, uh, you know, volatile. You know, having Tommy John surgery or one, you know, injury or whatever can derail an entire pitcher's career. It's true. It, so it's a, it's a tough. Uh, or a, a tough bad defense
1: fight. can do it too. Like you know, it's behind I guess
0: That's partly true too.
1: Do Some you guys just unlucky sometimes?
0: <laughs> what What do you think about the money here and? Previously, like I said, he had a ten-year, three hundred million dollar deal on the table with the Nationals. Would you have rather him taking that? I mean, what would? What, I mean, what do you think about that?
1: I like to see a change of location from him because the Nationals weren't really going anywhere. I mean, that's a,
0: Washington's they like were got kind a of curse. banging on the door a couple times. Yeah, they do kind of have that. They they're really hyped in like the preseason, and then they never never fulfill their potential.
1: Well, I mean, I guess you got uh, the Capitals won a championship. Last year, finally, they yeah, finally Stanley broke the that. But uh I don't, eh, as far as uh, Harper goes, I didn't really care where he ended up. Like, it's not, if he didn't go to a
0: contender, it doesn't really matter that much to me. I mean, how do you think this impacts the Brewers? Being that it's an NL team, he stays in the NL, stays in the NL East, obviously. So it doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't come to the NL Central. But um, I don't think it affects
1: us too much. We kind of got we just got to beat the Cubs every year. We just got to win the Central. Basically. It's a tough ask. Yeah, for sure. It is. And I don't really know about the Brewers this year because the starting pitch, we never get better in the starting pitching. Yeah, that's one thing that always plagues the Brewers. Usually, usually have a we just don't want to spend the money game. on anybody.
0: Yeah, well, that's baseball for you. Yep,
1: and then all of our good guys leave once they get to free agency. because yep, we don't want that's pay baseball
0: em. for you. <laughs> that's the Brewers. That's for the it. small market baseball free agency for you. And you know, if if a guy like Bryce Harper played for the Brewers, you know, there's probably no way they'd be able to keep him. I mean, we were able to keep Ryan Braun, but I think Ryan Braun took multiple under. The market deals. Well, he took one, to stay, one, one big you. gigantic deal, too. I
1: think he had, like, a 11-year deal or something. It was, like,
0: an 8-year deal, but it was only for, like, $122 million. It At wasn't the time, though, much. I think that was pretty big, but not anymore. No, I mean, even, even back then, I just remember being like, wow, that was not good. I thought he would get more. Yeah, with how good he had been, he'd been kind of an MVP candidate for a while. I mean, I know, you know, with the PED thing. Yeah, with the PED thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit. But yeah, I thought he was um, actually really underpaid, and Milwaukee got lucky, kind of being able to keep him. Although at this point, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a get out. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? It's been a
1: while. (laughs) Feel like any one of these guys at the end at the end of one of those long deals, you're probably just going to,
0: you know, they'll be probably about done, washed up. Yeah, well, maybe you hope they retire instead of having to pay them twenty-two million to be a maybe a DH stick around. Yeah, be <laughs> a, so a pseudo like mentor coach. I don't know, but I guess if you win, you know, like a World Series or two out of it, it's probably worth the contract anyway. And then they're like your heirloom, like your Hall of Famer guy. yeah, uh, you know, he'll be. I mean, the Phillies have had some recent success lately. They won a World Series in what two thousand? I forgot when that was. Everybody's gone, though, from that team. I mean, oh, of course. I mean, a lot of those guys are already kind of older. I new guys like Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, you know, Roy. Was there a Halliday on that team? Uh, I think Halliday was there and Oswald. I mean Oswald. They had um, really Cole good. Hamels. Right? Cole Hamels. Yeah, there was a yeah.
1: fourth really good. They had four really awesome pitchers on that Yeah, team. I Forgot who the fourth guy was. So. Was it? Uh, Might have been Gio. Gonzalez. No, he was not Geo Gonzalez.
0: No, he was on the Nationals and the A's. Was it, um, what's his name, the reliever Applebaum? He could I have think. been there. Man, you he might have been the he might have been the reliever in that when Applebaum. Yeah, man that sounds familiar. World, World Series win. Then they had guys like uh, what's his name, um, Shane Victorino, and wow, I'm trying to remember the rest. It's been a while. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, I'm impressed that you could pull those names, man.
0: I remember things once in a while, even That's even when it's baseball.
1: Even when it's baseball, yeah. <laughs> Joe I Blanchard used to love.
0: Yeah, I used to love baseball when i was a kid baseball was i played baseball it was my thing like i watched it i knew all the stats and just everything about it were you a shortstop uh i used to play second base shortstop and like center field um i didn't i pitched when i was like way younger but then when i was i got older i didn't pitch anymore uh but i really really enjoyed it but as i got older i didn't like watching baseball as much um i like playing baseball obviously but but watching baseball on tv just to me is not super exciting generally not uh, compared to like nba or yeah NFL. the other two sports i like so much better i mean it is compelling sometimes when the brewers are good or something i just haven't had time to watch baseball in a long time and a I lot of know. daytime games for baseball too i mean there's just uh, too many i think baseball games to be quite honest i, I think 65 lot 62 oh yeah you got me. i think they could uh honestly do away with i think they could cut it down to at least like 150 if not cut some more but then that messes with all the stats. records and stats and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean you look at the nfl and going from 14 to 16 games kind of it gives guys some skewed uh, skewed numbers especially with the way that the passing game is now uh do we want to move into the nfl now yeah we can I move on, on. That that's a that was a lot of baseball talk us one guy, <laughs> a lot about one dude, <laughs> yeah. Well, we went branching a couple other subjects, all right. Let's talk about the NFL. Uh, the combine is going on right now in Indianapolis. Indianapolis, there's a lot going on. The players are getting measured, and they're running 40s and doing cone drills and getting interviewed, and yada yada yada. And uh, apparently, Kyler Murray uh was measured in at about 511, yeah, yeah, so, so it's five ten and-, and some change and two eighths or something okay X X so it's fourth, closer so. to 510 <laughs> uh i don't i mean i think if he was under 510 that would have been an issue uh, i still think he'll go in the first round the quarterbacks are always over drafted. whether or not he becomes a franchise quarterback or a bust he'll be drafted, and he will probably go in the first round he has that kind of talent he could still go number one overall. I think Arizona's still got a eye on him. It's possible. I mean, they've come out and said kind of Josh Rosen's their guy. I mean, that's sort of what, what do you expect them to say. I mean, they're not going to say, yeah, we're thinking about taking <laughs> Kyler Murray and we're going to get rid of Josh Rosen, although it's possible he could get traded or something. Although I've heard some analysts and stuff talk about just that very same thing and that Josh Rosen right now would hold more value than some of those guys just because he's been in the league a year or something. But I just I just don't believe that. I just I wasn't a believer in Josh Rosen as a franchise quarterback coming out of the draft last year. So to me, if I were Arizona, I would think long and hard about getting something back for Josh Rosen in any way I could and possibly taking Kyler Murray or taking even Dwayne Haskins in that spot. Would you rather have Haskins than Murray still? Or? I think so. Just because I think if – if Haskins doesn't turn out, I don't think a GM is going to exactly be blamed. He has the stats, he has the size, he has the arm strength. I mean, I don't, I don't know him personally. I don't know how his interview skills are and his his demeanor in the huddle, things like that. Uh, there are things obviously like we don't have access to and don't have the information. But to me, I think if you're a GM, he's a safer pick. If you're a guy and he, you take Kyler Murray and you're sort of you know on the bubble. If he win, if he's great and he's a, a winner. You're gonna be a genius, but if you pick him and he is a boss, he's like I don't want to say Johnny Manziel because Johnny Manziel had a lot of off-field issues. But if he's just not good or he gets injured or, or whatever, and he's just not capable of being a starter in the league, you're gonna lose your job. Yeah, I mean it's one of those types of things. So it's kind of kind of depends on you know what the situation is, what quarterback they have there now. What the coach is like, what the GM, you know, what situation the GM, GM is is in. Are they, you know, are they in a power position? Are they able to take a risk like that? Are they not? Are they going to be more conservative and and would roll with the guy? It's very possible the Cardinals could take either Quinn and Williams or, or Nick Bosa, number one overall, and just roll with a pass rusher and pair them with Chandler Jones. Moving forward, they have a pretty decent secondary already. They signed a bunch of guys last week that we talked about, Robert Alford. Uh, Charles Clay and Brooks Reed already, so they've added pieces to the defense, and they added another um, guy in the tight end spot to compete um, with what's his name, Ricky Seals Jones.
1: Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah,
0: so they have a couple young tight ends, uh, and Charles Clay is a solid veteran that can give Rosen some safety valve because he's need he needs more weapons. I mean, pretty much Fitzgerald is on his last leg, obviously. Who knows if he'll even be back this year? I think he said he's coming back, Uh, but Christian Kirk was pretty much their best player as a rookie, and he ended the season on IR. And he's not exactly like a dominant, um, like a speedster or a physical guy. He's more of kind of a possession guy. Um, He does have some big play potential. I like him, uh, but I'm not sure he's a true like number one wideout. So they need if they want to see Josh Rosen can succeed or be a quarterback, you got to surround these guys with with some weapons. That's true. You don't even know what you got until you give him some weapons. Yeah. What do you think about Kyler Murray? Would Would you take him high? Would you rather take Haskins? What's the deal? I'd rather have
1: Haskins. I like the arm strength and the size, mm-hmm. personally. Uh,
0: yeah. I Haskins think, is six four, I believe.
1: I think Five. Murray is still probably going to go. Well, you know, he'll probably go to number one. I think Arizona's going to take him, but
0: I, I don't think they will. I think he'll fall. Possibly. I think he might still go in the top ten. Uh, Miami would be a good spot for him. Miami um, would be a great spot for him. I'd like him better in. Miami, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what you do if you're... I mean, I guess if you just full-heartedly believe he's that guy, you take him and then you worry about what you're going to do with Josh Rosen anyway. I just don't think that the Cardinals can afford to go first-round quarterbacks back-to-back. And then if they do take Kyler Murray... Everyone knows you're trying to get rid of Josh Rosen, so they're going to lowball you on trades. That'll hurt his value. Exactly. So you'd want to probably deal him before you do that. It's possible they could try to trade out of that spot if somebody wants a number one quarterback. You know, they have Josh Rosen. If they believe in him, you move back, pick up extra picks. Maybe you move back only a couple spots and still get a defensive player that you covet, like a guy like Quinn Williams, a guy like Nick Bosa. Uh, You know, a lot happens between now and the draft. You know, on ESPN and NFL.com and wherever else, you're going to see lots of mock drafts. And it's just a lot of nonsense, honestly, because every week they change them and guys go up, guys go down and guys do this, guys do that. And it just to me, it's kind of an absurd business. Uh, It's just a clickbait thing just for people to read about. And I guess it sort of familiarizes some people with possible prospects that could be taken in the first round. But if you look at mock drafts that are happening now versus mock drafts that happen a couple days before the draft versus that happened on the day of the draft and then actual the actual draft, they're all just absurdly different. And it's kind of just wild to see how wrong a lot of this stuff is. Uh, so I wouldn't We're crap too done. much into it. It's not a crapshoot. It's just these people are these analysts, experts, whatever you want to call them, the media people, are putting together these mock drafts from information that they're getting from... Executives and NFL teams, however, executives and NFL teams at this time of the year are engaging in disinformation. They're not trying to tell you the truth because they're not. Yeah, they're not trying to tell you the players that they like, that they want to draft and stuff. So you'll see, you know, uh, you know, players that are talked up and then they slide, or this or that, and it just. It just goes to show you, like I said, it's a lot of disinformation. There's a lot of money riding on a lot of these picks for um, a lot of these teams, especially at the quarterback position and some other positions. Um, you know, and last year, right before the draft, like the day before, all of a sudden the news broke that Baker Mayfield was going to be the number one overall pick, and a lot of people didn't believe it was going to happen. I actually didn't think that that was actually a real thing. Um, right up until a couple hours before the draft, I kind of started to, I started to read some more stuff, and I was like, you know, i baker kind of grew on me a little bit more as the as the process waned uh i still thought sam darnold might have been the number one again he checks off the most boxes but we saw john dorsey went the uh the non you know he just went outside the box and went with the guy that he thought could be the best and i think if you believe that kyler murray can be that guy you just take him regardless of size
1: yeah, he's got a kind of a big personality it's kind of like reminds me a little bit of maybe box office yeah uh and what is that really worth? I don't know. That's an intangible, right?
0: I guess. I mean, it's gonna be he's got the arm strength, so it's just gonna be about can he see and, and can he move in the pocket and how he can adapt to the game. So we'll see. Let's uh, let's move on here. Let's talk about Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. He has signed if you remember he strip sacked um, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl two years ago and basically gave the Eagles uh, the win. He assigned an extension to stay with the team. He signed a three-year extension worth about $39 million, so it's about $13 million a year. They're trying to keep some of their um, players intact from these teams, or from the Super Bowl. Brandon Graham, obviously a key player on defense, Last year, he had only four sacks before the year, before having nine and a half. So, struggled a little bit last year. Did play all 16 games. Um, but, I mean, he's still a solid pass rusher. They have a sort of a, a revolving door there with guys like Michael Bennett, Brandon Graham. They have Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, and then who's the last guy I'm thinking of? Uh, Derek Barnett as well. you think they're going to have a better year this year? The Eagles are going to come back? and Yeah, if Carson Wentz can be fully healthy, yeah. Um, the other thing we want to talk about with the Eagles is that Nick Foles is going to actually be walking and entering into free agency. The, uh, there were some possible rumors that the Eagles were going to franchise tag him so that they could possibly try to trade him, but they are going to let him walk in free agency, and obviously they will receive, because they will probably get a solid contract from any team, they're going to receive a compensatory pick for him. It'll be interesting to see who they decide to replace Nick Foles as the backup to uh, Carson Wentz since we've seen the last two years he's had to basically end the season on IR having a backup quarterback is going to be incredibly important in Philadelphia so it'll be interesting to see how they address that position with the money Um, they just earlotted again some more money uh, for Brandon Graham I know it's an extension but they're still pressed up against the cap that was one of the reasons uh, that I think they're going to let Nick Foles go because they couldn't afford uh to keep them and they're gonna have to i mean a lot of guys uh, in the next year or two are gonna probably start walking away from this team and getting bigger money deals elsewhere because you can only keep so many guys when you have a hard cap
1: yeah and uh not not too much of an incentive if you're not if you don't win anything this year to stay, stick around in philadelphia i
0: mean if you can get that big contract you might want yeah to move on. it's been hard for teams that win a super bowl to make it Back to a Super Bowl, or even sometimes back to the playoffs. Um, you know, the Eagles had a good run. I mean, they made it back to the playoffs, and they won a playoff game with Nick Foles. So they had a pretty good year, all things considered. Uh, they just, um, you know, I, I mean, I can't blame them. I mean, they went as they went farther than most people thought, uh, especially again with the Carson Wentz injury. He was playing like an MVP last year. It was clear when he played this year that. He was um, not 100%. He was sort of rushed back. I think people were nervous the you know at the beginning of the season, and he sort of rushed himself back, and he wasn't playing as well as he could have been, and it eventually ended up with him being hurt again. So I think he needs to take as much time as he needs and get 100% fully healthy. We've seen teams are starting to take this approach more. We saw the Colts do it with Andrew Luck. We're going to see it looks like the Panthers do it with Cam Newton and just let him be, you know, out as long as he needs to be until he's fully healthy. Because if you're putting out a compromised you know, quarterback and he keeps getting injured year in and year out, that's going to do you no good in the long run. Because if you don't have Carson Wentz in the playoffs, what good is he to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Niners did it the right way with Garoppolo. Uh, he looks like he's uh, rounded back into shape pretty nicely. Heard some pretty good uh, reports.
0: Yeah, it'll be nice to see. Uh, him play on that team we'll see what Kyle Shanahan has cooked up we'll see what they can add some more talent on offense so that team I think they're a little devoid of of offensive skill position players I mean I know Jarek McKinnon was hurt last year but they had some surprise running back um running backs that showed up to play guys like Matt Breida Rasheem Mostert I think that was his name or Rasheem Mostert he broke his arm uh, in that Raiders game I remember he played well for them I mean even Alfred Morris um, chipped in and, and played okay for them i um, got my boy just or whatever the hell his name is kyle you check that's right yeah there you go uh let's stay with the running back position the ravens um this year gus edwards had replaced alex collins as the number one running back it's been interesting it's been an interesting career for collins he was involved in a car accident early friday morning um, and he was arrested at 6.48 in the morning after his car crashed into a tree um, around the Ravens' facility. It's uh He was arrested. Not sure if he's facing charges yet or anything, but the Ravens have went ahead and released him, so it sounds like it'll probably be like a DUI-type situation more than likely. They already had Gus Edwards as the number one. I mean, Alex Collins has some talent. He can be a solid addition to... um to a team's running back room. I think he'll get another chance. Um, He was just set to enter restricted free agency, so I think he's only like 26 or 25. Doesn't have a ton of of tread on his miles. He was um, a fifth-round pick in 2016. So he's only been in the league a couple years now. So he, I think, will still get another job somewhere else.
1: Yeah, we'll see where he goes,
0: huh? It's interesting to see how the Ravens are shaping their team. Um, They're rolling with the running game. We saw obviously Joe Flacco was traded for a fourth round pick to Denver. We see them now getting rid of Alex Collins. Gus Edwards is going to be the number one guy there. They're going to obviously add someone in either free agency or the draft. Uh, the Ravens are also going to be releasing Michael Crabtree. After only one season there, he signed a three year, $21 million deal there. However, he's being released after well, just one season. He led the league actually in drops last year which is sort of uh disappointing <laughs> but
1: it's a lot of competition for that number one drop
0: spot apparently yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean he did not play so well as uh when he was with uh, the raiders i mean they kind of had that coming so he's been kind of bouncing around the last the last few uh few years we'll see if he can find someone that uh will take him in i'm sure he'll get another free agent deal somewhere Um he can still add value to a team. He's a good red zone target, et cetera. So yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I don't think that, but the Ravens are going to be revamping that whole offense. It looks like they're going to keep Willie Sneed. Uh, looks like they're going to keep uh who's the other guy that they got over there? I can Why am I blanking on his name? Um, they got rid of Brashad Perriman. Uh, they got rid of, uh, why is, why can't I think of the other receiver that they had their leading receiver? Wow. It's going to bother me anyway. I'm not going to go on to that. The Ravens are just like goals. I said, switching their whole offensive scheme around Lamar Jackson. They're going all in. I'm excited to see what they look like next year. The defense is still going to be, you know, rock solid. So I like that. Um, we talked about Nick Foles already. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys as the last, the last uh, thing about the NFL. So a couple days ago, news came out that Randy Gregory is being suspended again. He's going to be suspended indefinitely. Not sure he'll be eligible to be reinstated after I believe it's a year. So we'll see what happens with him in a year. And now the news has come down that uh, defensive lineman also for the Cowboys, David Irving, is also going to be suspended indefinitely. I, I don't know if you've ever seen David Irving play. Um, I hadn't heard about him much uh, until I watched a, a game against Tampa a couple of years ago, and he was just jumping off the page. He is like on a per-snap basis. Just a stud like a rock star he's he's amazing I think he only played in nine games and he had eight sacks a couple of years ago um, but the guy just has immense talent he can play inside he can play outside uh, but he is now also being suspended indefinitely so both of them are going to be suspended for um, indefinitely I was assuming that's going to be uh, they'll be eligible to be reinstated after a year so we see the Dallas Cowboys take a couple hits on offense. We maybe see the locker room having some issues with some of these guys. They have some off-field issues. And what do the Cowboys do? They go into the booth, and they bring back Jason Witten, who had retired last year and was the Monday Night Football analyst. Wasn't as good as Tony Romo. And actually, I really didn't think Jason Witten was a very good analyst at all, to be quite, quite frank. I didn't really notice him too much. He just, yeah, just, he didn't really add anything. So anyway, and there was a lot of times where I felt like he didn't really know what's up. But anyway, uh, he is going to go back to the Cowboys on a one-year deal worth up to about $5 million. I think it's for three and a half, so with incentives up to five. Um, I think he has like a a snap count, sort of, too. He's not going to be playing a ton of snaps. He's 37 years old. He obviously sat out the year last year. The Cowboys had a couple of young tight ends. Last year, that they used, they used Jeff Swain, Blake Jarwin, and Rico Gathers, and they like some of those guys. But basically, all three of those guys combined last year equaled what Jason Witten's stats were for the year before. So he's essentially, you know, doing the th- work of those three guys. Um, and I think they want to wor- still work and develop those guys, but I think it's important to have another veteran, more veteran leadership on that team. I think it's going to help on the offense. He's going to help implement. I mean, they have a new offensive coordinator, they have a new, I believe, a new quarterbacks coach as well um so they've shifted the offense a little bit i think it'll help to have a, an older vet there to help install it with those guys and i think it'll give them another really good blocking tight end and a really good target for dak prescott on third downs
1: yeah now that they know they're going to be competitive again i think it makes sense to bring witten back
0: yeah i mean they're in a window right now where they're thinking it's potential super bowl they have dak for one more year before they have to pay him This is Amari Cooper's last year before they have to pay him. Um, They have DeMarcus Lawrence this year on the franchise tag. So after this year, they'll either have to pay him or let him walk. Uh, They're going to have some other contracts coming up soon. Byron Jones will be up. Uh, They're going to have to decide what they want to do with Sean Lee. If David Irving and or Randy Gregory come back, what they're going to do with them. Um, Zeke Elliott's contract will be coming up in the next couple of years. And we saw or in the next year or two, Jerry Jones the other day was commenting that the Zeke Elliott contract will basically probably be like the Todd, the Todd Gurley contract is where it's going to start. So it sounds like Zeke might even get more than Todd Gurley got from the Rams. I guess it'll all be set to by what Le'Veon Bell gets in the, um, in in, uh, unrestricted free agency when the new league year starts on the 13th of March. So we got about two weeks before free agency starts I think next week maybe we'll preview um, some of the top free agents in the NFL. We'll talk about some potential landing spots for some of these guys and what we would like to see. Uh, The Green Bay Packers reportedly are looking to keep Muhammad Wilkerson. I think that would be a good move for them. I know he was hurt for much of the year, uh, but I really liked him as a player coming from the Jets. I was hoping the Raiders would have got him a couple years ago, Uh, but uh, I don't know. What do you got? I mean, Earl Thomas reportedly wants a lot of money. The Cowboys don't want to give him. Yeah, that's way too much for a safety. I'm sorry. As good as Earl Thomas is, I don't think he's going to get anything that tops twelve. If that, I think if he got something that was like ten market value, if he got something that was ten a year, I think that would be a win, especially at his age. I mean, he's what thirty one,
1: something like that. Sounds about right.
0: I mean, if he was like twenty six, then I could see him getting a, a higher deal. I just don't see anyone paying a thirty-plus-year-old safety fifteen million dollars a year, especially after he ended the year last year on injured reserve.
1: Yeah, I don't see it. Fifteen—that's that's kind of a lot.
0: I mean, I guess you ask for fifteen and then accept, you know, whatever you can get. You might as well ask for the world and take the moon.
1: Take the—is <laughs> that how the saying goes? I don't know, but you'll I'll just still end up amongst the stars. Yeah, there you go. Well, they, there. they
0: say if you like shoot if you shoot for the moon you'll you'll be with the stars or something. I don't know what <laughs> it is. Who knows? We both know this one. I don't know. Something like that. But apparently anyway. he's only twenty nine, but Oh he is only twenty nine. Okay. So even still, I still wouldn't give him that much money. I mean I'd still give him maybe a three or four year deal, uh, but again, I'd offer him maybe like a three for thirty or something like that at most. I don't think He's gonna get more than twelve. I would not expect him to get more than twelve on the free agent market. But I guess we'll see. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen. The safety market has not been not been kind to safeties lately. We saw Tyron Mathieu, the honey badger, accept like, I think it was like a one year six and a half or seven million dollar deal from the Texans. Eric Reed um, took a pretty a below market yeah. deal with the Panthers, uh-huh. even though he was a pro bowler. Um, a couple of the other safeties uh, that were pretty solid uh, have signed pretty low, you know, pretty low deals. Guys are making six, seven, eight million dollars tops as safeties. One of the few guys that's really paid like that is a guy like Eric Berry. Uh, and I just don't see Earl Thomas getting that on the open market. I don't see enough teams being interested in bidding on that in that high of an amount where he would where he would get that. But I guess it only takes one team.
1: Just takes one team, man. Yeah. Seems like he's it's
0: foregone. He's gonna end up in Dallas somehow. So I don't I don't really see it. I mean, I, the Dallas Cowboys are gonna have to open their checkbook. I mean, I guess again the windows now. But if Earl Thomas' contract is you know three or four years long, he's gonna be eating into their cap space the next couple of years when they're gonna have to pay guys like Prescott and and Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence and you know some of these other guys that they have on defense, Byron Jones couple of, you know, uh, I guess they wouldn't have to pay their safeties because they'll have Earl Thomas, but I think, like I said, they're going to have to decide if they're going to keep Sean Lee. Jalen Smith, his contract will be coming up. They'll have to de- decide on what his extension is going to be like, so they have a lot of, of they're going to get expensive very quick, and this is a team that hasn't won anything yet, though, and that's the issue, is they're about to get really expensive really quick, and they haven't proven really anything yet, and I think that's the worst thing, worst spot you can be in in football, is all of a sudden get expensive quickly and now you can't really do anything with the team. And we see, we have seen that with a couple of these teams where they sort of cap out with, It it, it usually happens too if you don't have a great like franchise quarterback, like we saw it kind of with the Bengals where they sort of reached that like ceiling with Dalton where they're sort of like a playoff team, but they couldn't win anything. And they just couldn't really go anywhere higher with that because they just couldn't do anything more with him. There's a couple other teams that are like that. Uh, that, like I said, they just get expensive. The, the Lions are sort of like that now. They never won anything with Stafford, but now he makes twenty seven and a half million dollars, and they have a couple other guys that are expensive. And next thing you know, you can barely make the playoffs even with a guy that you're paying a ton of money to at the quarterback position.
1: Anybody ready to move on to this NBA? Knock it out, man. You see the you see the thriller today, the Atlanta uh, Atlanta Hawks Chicago Bulls game quadruple overtime
0: nobody cares about those teams yeah
1: 168 to 161
0: though oh good now trey young can uh put up 50 points points yeah yeah pretty ridiculous did he put up 50 points 48 oh,
1: okay 47 eight. oh i know and like zach Levine had 47
0: oh that's my guy yeah i like baby. him but he
1: doesn't play any defense oh i know he's terrible but
0: he's, <laughs> he's good for fantasy
1: yeah trey had 49 um
0: yeah. That's so what happens
1: when two garbage teams
0: meet? Like somebody got a first they're both trying not to win so much that it just went in overtime. It just kept going. Yeah. So a couple things happen. We'll talk about the Bucks here. I mean, I think that's important. The Bucks Bucks. Two newest. big news stories today. Pau Gasol, big man for the San Antonio Spurs. He has or will be bought out by the San Antonio Spurs and it is, sounds like he is going to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks this year he's only averaging about 4 points, uh, 4 rebounds, just under 4 or excuse me, just under 5 rebounds, two assists, he's shooting 46% from the field. He's shooting 50% from 3. He's 38 years old. He's only taking half a three a game. Um he's I mean last year he averaged 10 and 10 and 8 and 3, 10 8 and 3 on fi- 46% shooting, 36% from 3. That's not too bad. The the one of the things that I like about this move for the Bucks is that after they m- traded John Henson, they don't really have backup center. Yeah, and then they traded Thom Maker. They don't really have a backup center. I mean, I guess you could say DJ Wilson sort of fills that role, but like, not really. Uh, I'm not a Christian huge fan. Wood. Yeah, you're not going to give Christian Wood minutes, uh, you know, in the, in playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. banging against the big guys. And guy. I think, yeah, I think Pau Gasol gives you, especially when we saw that all of the Eastern Conference teams generally have, like, a traditional big. Um, the Pacers, if you're going to play the Pacers, I mean, they have, you know, Turner and Sabonis. Um, the Celtics have, I mean, Horford sort of plays out, so Lopez can kind of play out with them. But you, they have Baines and Daniel Dice that play down low. The Sixers obviously have Boban. They have Embiid. They have Amir Johnson. Um, ben Simmons See, sort of you know, plays um, inside there, too. You saw Amir Johnson sent and himself then, down to the G League. No, I didn't see that. He wasn't getting any minutes? No, that's <laughs> funny. I love Amir Johnson.
1: Yeah, I do too. He seems like a good
0: guy. Yeah, I would love him on the Bucks as the backup center. We had him for a second. He, uh, he- yeah, he actually extended his range to three now. <clears throat> and then you look at Toronto. Obviously, they got rid of Valanciunas, but they have Gasol. So Gasol and Gasol, maybe they still have, you know, Abaka. Um, they have, um, who's uh, who's the other backup center that they have? They got rid of Pirtle, but they got uh, Greg,
1: Greg Monroe too. There. they No,
0: that. they um, they traded him to the Nets, and the Nets waived him. He's currently, I believe, still a free agent. Good old Greg Monroe, max contract player for the Bucks. A few years he got ago. way more money than. Uh, yeah, couldn't believe that when it happened. I mean, it was <laughs> just that was especially with the way that the NBA was going. It was crazy that the Bucs couldn't see like the three point thing was happening, and guys like Greg Monroe that can't play defense and can't shoot from three as a big man and can't run the floor and play in transition, really, those guys don't really have a place in the game anymore. Again, if Greg Monroe was a 90s guy, he would have been a Hall of Famer probably. He would have been a a 25 and 15 guy probably.
1: Yeah, that's it. And he would have
0: played the four because originally when he was drafted, he played next to Drummond, and he was the four and Drummond was the five. He had his best years there. The Warriors famously drafted Epe Udo in front of Greg Monroe. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> and now I'd rather probably have Udo, Udo again. But
0: yeah, but I mean, Monroe could have given one. them something good for a while. The stuff that David Lee gave them when oh, they had yeah. to pay David Lee a max deal for essentially what Monroe did. I mean, David Lee was a better mid-range shooter and passer than Monroe was. But, but he's
1: just like a tweeter white guy. Kinda.
0: Yeah, he was an all-star at least. I mean, Greg Monroe never made an all-star team.
1: Where did Lee got drafted? In the second round, I think. Did he was he like forty one or forty two? I don't even remember Knicks to be honest. Knicks?
0: Yeah, he was on the Knicks before he came to the Warriors. That was the, believe it or not, the David Lee signing was the beginning of the Warriors dynasty. <laughs> <I like laughs> believe it or not, too, yeah. Believe it or not, that was the beginning of the Warriors dynasty. Them getting a marquee free agent, they had Monte Ellis and they had Steph, and then obviously they got. Bogut, and then they drafted in pretty much successive drafts, Thompson, Barnes, um, Draymond Green. And then, obviously, they signed Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, um, who else am I missing? Some other guys. And then, obviously, Kevin Durant. And then it was and over. That rest is history. Yeah. I mean, I remember when it was like Monte Ellis and Andre Andres Biedrich and Darrell Wright and Dominic McGuire and A.C. Law, and Epe Udo, and they still at least had the coolest uniforms in basketball. I remember liking A.C. Law when he was coming out. They have super clean unis.
1: Yeah, they always have, haven't they?
0: No, I mean, the We Believe era Warriors jerseys are pretty nasty. I don't really like them. But (laughs) pretty much the rest of their history, they've had amazing, pretty much generally amazing jerseys. Can't complain. The City, the Warriors ones with the Golden State with the Cali on it, to town ones even the ones they have now are are legit the regular just blue and white you know regular jerseys are are pretty timeless that logo is just solid anyway so what do you i mean you like the Pau gasol thing yeah So like i said i think it just gives them like i said a backup center he's gonna play probably 10 15 minutes a night but he's still probably got 10 15
1: minutes left in a Right now, uh, we need another big body to bang around in the in the playoffs, and he can, he can stretch the floor to three 2 which is nice to have another guy like that. Plus, uh, he has championship experience. I mean, I
0: don't know how far out he's gonna play with his like the speed restrictions.
1: He'll just sit, sit in the corner, probably. Yeah,
0: Stretch the floor a little bit. He has he's only playing twelve minutes a night right now, so.
1: And I think that was all at the beginning of the year. I think he was basically out of the rotation at this point.
0: Yeah, he, he's played 23, almost 24 minutes a night. Last year he played in 77 games. This year he's only played in 27 games.
1: Saw the Jacob Pertle effect over the there. The Jacob pertle
0: effect with our boy DeRozan, Mr. Can't Shoot a Three DeRozan, even though I was a really big fan of his coming out of USC. I guess we didn't see the way the three was going was gonna to go, even when DeMar DeRozan was... Getting up there, I mean, he just, yeah, those those guys. I mean, we saw a lot of guys have started to make that transition. Guys that I didn't think would—I never thought I'd see Brooke Lopez shooting threes. Chris he was a post guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've seen a lot of guys now take that that shift. If you, like I said, if you're a big man and you can't shoot threes, you're stuck. So yeah, all these guys are starting to do that now, and the guys that have success doing it are getting jobs and getting in rotations i mean we've seen him and guys like remember spencer hawes he was like a stretch big um he got paid a little bit which is kind of absurd though at the same time because he was terrible yeah
1: it's bad he's huge though
0: yeah like i said there's some of those guys i mean they kind of just whatever anyway so the bucks again getting Pau gasol they were able to now also keep a core member of the team moving forward they traded greg Monroe in a first round pick to the phoenix suns this uh last year at the beginning of the season which i kind of called that was a good move uh to get eric bledsoe from the suns which i still don't really understand why the suns keep getting rid of all their point guards. i mean they had isaiah thomas corin Drogic, and eric bledsoe all on the same team at one time and then they got rid of all of them yeah i mean they got some good stuff from miami for Drogic, I'll give him that. They didn't get a whole lot of good stuff from the Bucks from Eric Bledsoe, and they didn't get a ton in return from Isaiah Thomas either. But either way, Eric Bledsoe has signed a four-year, $70 million extension with the Bucks. What did you think about it?
1: That's nice. I, I expected him to be the guy that wanted to bolt for L.A. out of the, that group. He seemed like a Rich Paul kind of guy. Like LeBron, you know, he wanted him down there on in the, in the Lakers. So It's a nice one to lock up. I guess that would be the first one I'd want to lock up because... Kind of a two way point guard. He really resurrected his career
0: as long as that knee stays healthy. I would say that Middleton is probably the guy I'd want to lock up more than anyone just because you need dominant wing players more than anything in this league. He's just going to get paid,
1: though. Middleton's going to get like a max deal somewhere. Yeah,
0: I, that's why I think getting Bledsoe on this deal is awesome because I expected him to get 20 plus million dollars a year in this market. A lot of teams. Carved out a lot of cap space for this, and it allows them. I mean, it eats another cap room a little bit into this off season, which is a little bit of an issue. But if they want to just pretty much keep their guys together, they have the bird rights to keep uh, Middleton. They have, and they could go over. Uh, you know, they can offer him the five years versus other teams, can only offer him the four. They have Brogdon restricted. Um, so that gives them sort of a leg up on, on those they guys. Can just wait
1: for Brogdon, wait for that to settle up. But yeah, hopefully they don't sign up on them. It could
0: also come back to bite them. I mean, we saw that with the Wizards where they basically just told Otto Porter, like, go get something, and the Nets gave him a max offer sheet. And you saw that sort of crippled the Wizards. Uh, they did the same thing with Alan Crabb with the Blazers. So sometimes, I mean, the, the Rockets did it with – jeremy lynn and they stole him. the rockets also did it with omir sheik and we saw how that turned out for them tim hardaway Jr. <laughs> yeah so we've seen like these offer sheets sort of sometimes like or or uh the kings giving zach levine that money and the bulls matching you know sometimes it comes back to bite you if you let a guy like that go out and get all this money because you don't want to pay him all that money uh, when you maybe could have got him locked up although again in this free agent class there's going to be so much focus on all these max guys that we've seen some of the middle class of the NBA get squeezed a little bit. Um guys are taking a little bit less money because the everyone's trying to, you know, offer up and get these max contract players. But there's gonna be a lot of teams this off season with with cap space that some of those two thousand sixteen contracts are coming off the books. Thank God. Um, and <laughs> Dang? Some of them, yeah. Actually I think Actually, I think they have one more year. Dang, I, uh, it got stretched. He's in Min- in Minnesota now, but Mozgov is still. Uh, where is he even? I think he's in Brooklyn, isn't he? You know, I don't even know where where he ended up. I think he is in Brooklyn because he got went there with Russell, but I don't know if he's still there. But either way, um, I think that getting like I said, getting blitz. So I wouldn't even say that he resurrected his career because I actually think he was he had better stats before he came here uh, when he That's was in when he was, when he was in Phoenix. I think yeah. he's finally stayed healthy for a while. I mean, I think he, his... I sort of agree with you to some extent. I think his injury proneness was a little bit overstated. Um, I mean, didn't he, have played, he played 71 games last year. He averaged just under 18 points a game. This year, he's averaging under 16 points a game. Um, he's averaging five and a half assists this year, five the year before. Whereas a couple years ago in Phoenix, um, he averaged... Uh, let's see the twenty-one and twenty two years in a row with uh, six plus assists. Um, so he's sort of going. He's sort of uh, at least with his numbers, he's regressed. Although in Phoenix, he was more of a like a first or second scoring option. Whereas with Milwaukee, with Middleton and with Giannis, he's at best like a third option on the floor. Now that they have Miritich, as, as far as shooting goes, he's maybe a fourth option or even fifth option on the floor I as far as shooting. Yeah, as far as shooting goes, I mean, he does have the ball in his hand. Um, a decent amount, but also Giannis has the ball. Middleton can handle the ball. You know, Brogdon is a ball handler. George so Hill when he's around, but yeah, I like George Hill as a as a solid backup. Um, a guy that can come in and play twenty minutes a night. I love that pickup for the Bucks as well. So I liked ooh, all the additions that they made. I still wish they didn't give Urson that extra year, but that's just what they had to do. I guess that's. I mean, I guess that's a movable. Potentially a movable contract too, because someone will always want a stretch big. He doesn't make too much money. Um, I that's just ten million a year or something like that. Seven. That's signed that's only three seven. for twenty one, but the third year is a team option, I believe, or it's unguaranteed. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. But they didn't need to give him. I think that extra year. Like they could have signed him in a one year, like eight, instead of giving him that second year, because it would have given them uh, extra cap space this off season. It would have given them had they after the Henson and Delhi move. Had they not given Ursan that second year guaranteed, they would have had a max cap slot open. Not that they would have been again, again able to s- get anyone to take it, but they would have had a max cap slot open.
1: We'll see. Well, oh, uh, Tony Sell was the other one like. Oh yeah, that was an ugly move too. Those yeah, I mean if
0: they can if they can toss uh, like, oh, I don't even know if they have a prospect really to. Uh, I don't even know if they really have like a prospect to to like dump to dump a contract either.
1: Somebody might take on D.J. Wilson if he looks good, the playoffs or something. I mean, he's looked pretty solid, but uh, yeah.
0: But are you going to take him on for a guy that's for another couple years that's making ten plus million just to get D.J. Wilson? Like probably not. Probably not. Yeah. You know, you probably need to add a pick at least into that, and the Bucks are running low on (laughs) yeah, running low on picks after giving up four second round picks for um for Nikola Mirotic, and they give up the pick for. Eric Bledsoe, which I think conveys this year, right? Not to it be next year. year. It's like okay. top
1: twenty protected this year.
0: Okay, yeah. So it won't happen. Um,
1: but next year, it automatically conveys. The oh wait, if it's it top
0: twenty protected, we'll be outside the top twenty, so they would get it.
1: I'm pretty sure we get. It. I forgot what the rules are on it, but I think we we keep it this year.
0: Well, uh, well, it have to be
1: it's some something like a. Uh, Hold on, going to look it up quick.
0: I was say, because if it's a top twenty protected pick, we'd only get to keep the bucks will only get to keep the pick if it landed inside the top twenty. And
1: well it's the other way around where like they they only get it if it's in the top twenty. I think in uh Phoenix.
0: Gotcha. So that and then uh so that'll convey next year, which I mean we'll probably the Bucks will probably be in the same or at least a similar boat. I mean, I don't think they'll be the best team in the league necessarily. Again, It'll have a target record, on their back, at sure. least record-wise. But yeah. they'll be in the playoffs again. I mean, assuming you know nothing dramatic changes, uh, they will be doing that again. All right, let's, we got a couple more things. We got a couple more minutes left. Uh, let's quickly talk about Channing Frye, longtime NBA player, playing with the Cavs right now. He's announced that he will be retiring after the end of the season. Another kind of pioneering stretch, big seven footer that can stretch from three played good defense was part of the kind of an nash d'antoni came out in 2006
1: with bogut yeah oh yeah they had some real showdowns back in the day yeah he had a good career he had all those years with lebron in cleveland
0: yep and then like i said all those years in phoenix where he played pretty well um as well i think uh yeah i mean he had those years in orlando too um where, forgot about the Orlando years. Yeah, where he was shooting. So I mean, like I said, those where they sort of sort I think it was when he was with Dwight Howard was there, and they're sort of surrounding him with all those shooters like Hito and um just everyone that was just it was Jason Dwight Richardson. Howard. Yeah, Dwight Howard and shooters and Vince Stan Carter. San Van Gundy. Yeah, pretty much. I mean they're doing the LeBron thing with Dwight Howard pretty much. <laughs> the way the game plays is different. Um the Brooklyn Nets, so I really liked those Koogie inspired jerseys they made i'm actually wearing a brooklyn nets hoodie right now that has the Koogie design on it and it is now being reported that Koogie is suing the nets um because they essentially uh marketed everything with the Koogie stuff and the connection to biggie without proper licensing nike is um so Koogie is suing nike and the nba because nike obviously made the jerseys and made everything else. Uh, we don't know how this is going to turn out, but I kind of want one of those Biggie jerseys, the Koogie 72 Biggie jerseys. So I kind of want to get one before this law. Lo- I mean, it's possible that with like, this lawsuit, they might come off the shelf, so they might be a collector's item in the near future. They're but I thought nice. it was, it was a cool idea and a cool theme. I don't know why they didn't get like approval, but why don't they just pay him? Pay Kugi. I don't know. I don't get it. They should, but maybe they just want a slice and that'll be the settlement. Um, and then the last thing we'll briefly talk about here with the NBA is uh, the Sacramento Kings, who are making that A seed push against the Lakers, have signed veteran swingman Corey Brewer, who's played with a multitude of teams, including the Milwaukee Bucks at one point. Uh, he's played with the Timberwolves, the Rockets, uh, pretty much like every team I can probably even think of. Pretty much. I don't even know. I'd have to look at it exactly. But he's played for a number of teams. Um, i'm not sure he's gonna make a big impact or whatever the kings uh have marvin bagley has a sprained knee he's gonna be out a few weeks um but they have a solid rotation a lot of budding young guys bogdanovich buddy healed love De'Aaron fox we both thought he should have gone way ahead of alonzo i thought he could have been uh, even yeah. the number one uh pick in it's like dad wall but he knows what he's doing Yeah, I'm not a big fan of John Walls. I hate John (laughs) (laughs) Walls. I mean, coming out of Kentucky. But, again, the NBA changed even when, when, like during John Walls' tenure in the NBA. The the three has become so much more important. John Wall just does not have that in his game right now. All right, we only got a minute left, everyone. This has been Top of the Key. I'm Stefan. I'm Justin. And you've been listening to uh, Top of the Key on Riverwest Radio. We'll be back next Friday, 10 to 11 p.m. Central justin not have a phone this time. Maybe we can uh figure something out. Maybe my nose will be working. That might help too. I would love that. Um we'll get you caught up on everything else so we can do or what we uh, find out from this week. Um you got anything to shout out? Um oh check not out really. our check out our iTunes page. It's got all of our, like I said, archived shows, archived um. Take podcasts, the time yada machine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The time machine, huh?
1: Yeah, that's what I call iTunes.
0: It's the time machine, huh? I guess right. so. I don't know. I appreciate I don't know that. that I'm talking That's cool about, shit. Thanks. I mean, it's cool stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, this has been top of the key, everyone, and uh, we'll see you all next week.
1: See you guys.